0: Hi, I'm Kyle, and on episode 482 of the MWA podcast, Sean, Brian, and myself are asking James Wesley the five questions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Wes's interview on episode 481. So welcome back to the show, Wes. Yeah, thanks. I almost said James. Oh, yeah. I, heard it. I, heard it. I heard it. Yeah, yeah. You heard that pause. It's almost there. <laughs> Well, anyway, before we get to the five questions, uh, who do we have to thank this episode for our Um,
1: As always, we always like to shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. So this week, we're giving a big thanks to our, uh, one of our longtime Patreon supporters here, uh, Colin Anderson. Uh, if you would like to support the MWA podcast, uh, you know, please, we would appreciate any kind of amount that you can donate. Um, but you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash MWA podcast, and that uh, monetary donation will help us attend events and uh, keep the uh, hosting of the podcast up and running. We very much appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Colin. Thanks, Colin. Yeah. Well, I'll start us off on the five questions. So, um, as a listener, you know, uh, what's your favorite tool? And 23 is the limit
2: i i was gonna say i knew you had a limit but i don't yeah. know how i don't know how I'm, to limit myself i think it's <laughs> that vacuum mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. That
1: vacuum bag the size of a small yeah, car. 20-foot vacuum <laughs> yeah. bag That's Yeah, favorite so
2: that, that, that one is wild and you know i will say i there's two things in my shop that are somewhat controversial uh for the woodworking community and one is a cnc sure. uh, But I have used that thing in so many strange ways, um, including that pedestal base that we were just talking about um, on the previous episode where I cut the curved portions on my CNC and then took it to the bandsaw and then took it to the joiner and then glued it up. So it was part of the process of building a really unique piece. So I've found ways to use that tool, flattening um, more than just Setting the machine and cutting. Um, I mean, I've had to do a lot of design work, things like that. So that's a really fun one, but somewhat controversial in the shop. Uh, is it woodworking or not? Is what I'm getting at yeah, there. Yeah.
3: I've, <laughs> I've I've seen a couple examples of of obviously benefit to have that in your shop. Um, and and laminations. I mean, hell, you could be if you got the the size of it. If you're making a bench of some sort and you're laminating everything up. Throw that on a flattening surface. I mean, or even the old like run a router back and forth on a sled, you know, they, yeah, it does the same thing. It's one's automated, yeah. one's not. yeah, and it is incredibly beneficial to certain operations. Yeah. So I mean, no. there's no it's... no shade. I, I get it.
2: I get yeah, it. no, and it it honestly, it relates to scale. Um, again, mm-hmm. for me, uh, it's just another tool to speed the the timeline up. Um, And then the other one that we've talked about again is that vacuum bag, Um, that vacuum pump in different bags, not that massive bag, but uh, even even a four by four bag is extremely beneficial in the shop. So I'm thinking of um, gluing up uh, four pieces of wood that are all mitered in a square. Um, If you vacuum bag that you're getting 100 percent even pressure all the way around that on all those seams and you get these excellent miters uh, where the pressure during the glue up is even. So you don't have any kind of gap or shifting or anything like that. So I've just found a lot of ways to use the vacuum bag and then moving into the fine woodworking side, that's when you can start doing veneering um, Mm -hmm. and shops on veneers are limitless because you can use any type of wood. You can make them any thickness that you want uh when you're when you're talking about veneer thicknesses uh but i like that spalted white oak firewood that i found uh i was able to then veneer that to a surface so it's just a lot of fun being creative with the vacuum system yeah Yeah. so you like the vacuum
0: pumps that you're using are they the ones that run constantly or the ones that cut off
2: so i've i've bought two diy kits Mm-hmm. uh, from, I think it's was, uh, vacuumsupplies.com or something like that. I, I would have to look at the name. Sorry. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's website, this is, uh, but essentially they're kits where you kind of put it together. Um, and one of them is a continuous run. So that works for most glue ups where it's like I'm running it for a couple hours. Um, but then I have a Venturi style where it uses an airline. I don't know exactly how, It all works, but it cuts off at the pressure and it will not, it will not kick back on until that, uh, that setting has been bypassed or uh, passed the the threshold. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Threshold.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't know, maybe Brian can help me out with this, but I'm on these auction websites all the time from (laughs) my state days. And there are all kinds of medical vacuum pumps I can Mm. Up for like mm. a song Um mm. always wondering if those would work but they're always continuous run one
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they would have been. Oh. you just have to adapt the fitting you should be able yeah. to run
2: it yeah and you know what i i mean it really comes down to how long does it need to be in the bag if it's only i mean if you're using height i mean yeah. a couple hours as long as you're not stressing it <laughs> or forcing it into place with the vacuum, uh, it's gonna hold pretty good. And Mm -hmm. it's only got to run for a couple hours. So it's not like, it's got heat sinks on it. So it's not like it gets unbelievably hot or burns out really easily. And this is because they're a DIY kit, they're pretty affordable. Um, that's one tool that I have not like for whatever reason went and bought the vacuum press <laughs> the, the, the high end uh, top of the line auto shutoff system. Yep. Uh, but these DIY kits have been fine and I've used them for years and absolutely love them.
3: Yeah so. it, it, that's I mean in in the case of a continuous pump like that, doesn't it have some system in it that it's not gonna kill itself because it's over? working it's going to find yeah, sure vacuum. It's some sort of like it's going to draw it to a point and this is going to start like passing off whatever it's doing so that it doesn't break itself yeah it's gotta
2: it's gotta have some sort of bleed off thing sure
0: sure yeah anyway well maybe i'll look at that a little bit more uh intently yeah. next time i see one of those medical vacuum pumps on there and say <laughs> ryan said it would work yes yeah,
1: hey. <laughs> not my money go for it well <laughs> I <see> yeah
2: so. <laughs> I never heard the uh, resolution to this, or that I remember. Uh, but you bought like a dental lamp or something, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 is in a bag under a bench. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something I will get to one of Adventure. these days. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it yeah. was only twenty five bucks. So, so you're like it, me. <laughs> if, if I never get to it, I never get to it. Yeah. But, I mean, you. Um, if, if I had that, I would absolutely mount it
3: somewhere, and it would be something I would use. I mean. Although I like one, I've been looking at like the magnification rings with lights around, like that's more useful maybe
0: than just one of those over my sharpening bench. And that is very, very useful. Mm Yeah. 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 I got, uh, I'm not sure where I picked it up from. I want to say Lee Valley, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, it's one of those ring magnification things. And yeah, that works great for sharpening because you can sit there and look at the blade. I have a
3: tiny tiny like for soldering i have a, a, like a maybe a two maybe two and a half inch you know magnifying Mm -hmm. you know led lit ring but yeah i'd like one of those those bench ones for sure Mm -hmm. for that purpose all right so uh next question uh who has influenced you the most in your woodworking so that's a
2: that's another difficult one and i know it's difficult for everyone uh to start pinpointing it down uh, but what I've really narrowed it down to is I really like woodworkers that are genuine good people. <laughs> uh, sure, I, I, I have really met in the, because of social media, I've been able to meet some really unique people uh, that do really amazing work, but they're also down to earth and they have these like real fun personalities and they're real on what they're presenting. So you see people that have cool stuff but they're just kind of it's all an act and uh Hmm. that's that's no fun as a friend or as an influence um but i really enjoy meeting down-to-earth good people and i've got so many of them but one of them that i actually met in person is uh at fine woodworking live or whatever it was years uh, before covid uh was tom Hmm. mclaughlin oh and yeah mm-hmm. he is the fun funnest guy to be around he is so genuine and he's so good at what he does <laughs> so we we have totally different styles of woodworking but i love watching him i love uh, learning from him and he presents it in a way that's so genuine and just like wants to help and so that's what draws me to him and so i would say Like actually needing someone, he's definitely a woodworking influence for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super cool. That that is cool. And I wonder if our paths crossed at any of those that event or maybe yeah. Kyle, you
3: you have been there for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Diami was there. Um, I Mm -hmm. think he's been to almost. I think he's been to all of them. I I I actually yeah
2: i was gonna say i actually met uh one of your multi guests uh rex hansen there yeah before yeah. yeah before he uh went down the woodworking school journey oh okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's where that's where i met rex you know okay oh, and, awesome. and i went oh this is an interesting guy we need to have him on the podcast yeah. and then, mm-hmm. and then uh, we had him on the podcast and then he's like i'm going to north Bennett street school went, all right so- let's go <laughs> crazy crazy that guys from
3: you know you know texas and in kansas and yeah you know find their way to that side of the country and i didn't make it My yeah. God. <laughs> I, i'm
2: just uh i'm just ready for the next one i'm like what what are these guys doing
3: man just i'm just hopeful going. <laughs> i i really would i mean going I, to going to handworks this you yeah. know this past oh, fall, man. like that was awesome um, obviously maybe not so much your wheelhouse as I mean it, yeah. it's fun to it's fun to look at, but it's it's yeah. very hand tool esque. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But um mm-hmm. it, it was just great to get among people again. It was great yeah. to talk to the yeah. guys, like it was awesome. Well, well, well I think
0: the Texas Woodworking Festival is gonna be pretty big this upcoming year because mm, yeah, we're gonna mm. be the only conference in town as far as I know. So
2: yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fun to be around passionate people I, in For anything sure. that you're doing i mean woodworking it's a community but it's because we're all passionate about it even though mm-hmm. we all build different ways different styles whatever it's just fun
0: mm-hmm. yeah i awesome. gotta start looking at flights to austin
2: yeah that's right <laughs>
3: yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah Or you you know if it's cheaper to come to houston fly down to houston i'll take you up <laughs> just down yeah. the road just down the road a four <laughs> hour drive with guy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Three three hours. <laughs> hey, hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah,
1: hop, skip, and a jump. All right, Wes. Um, I yeah. like this question a lot. It's um, it's kind of a deep thought here. But what is your mm-hmm. wood woodworking white whale? And by white whale, we mean the one thing that you've always wanted to made, always wanted to make, but Maybe. you haven't yet had a chance to.
2: Yeah. So this one's
3: hard for me,
2: just like everyone else. You no, know, it's I've got a lot of. Uh, I've got a lot of pieces that I've sketched out or have in my head that I haven't quite done. Um, I've done parts of or just experimented in different ways, like a timbre door cabinet mm. where you're mm-hmm. sliding. I've, I've, I wanna perfect that. So that's like part of the process. But one thing that I have not done at all that I am super interested in are these kinetic sculptures where um uh, it's like a wood art piece that moves and then you you see the intersecting lines and all of this but it's a mechanical movement uh mm-hmm. but it's kind of this art piece so but it's all wood and it's just really neat kind of like clock gears on a watch mm-hmm. or something um, oh yeah yeah, and, yeah was- and i've seen i've seen a guy that just makes unbelievable pieces and it's all he does, so I'm guessing you have to put a lot of effort, in sure, in order sure. for this thing to function. But uh, like this kind of sculptural movement oriented art piece thing called kinetic art it's kind of
3: the white whale i say
2: like i don't know that i'll ever have time to really go into it all the way but that's a fun one
3: mm-hmm. that, that that's one i definitely am a fan of um yeah it, it's it's akin to you know puzzle boxes or yeah. Yeah. or hidden compartments in furniture you know the yeah. you know the tolerances have to be so darn tight yeah you, that that it's something a detail that you probably have never gone to that end to make because it has to constantly be able to move it through its own movement, you know, like its own you know seasonal movement, and yeah. like that's that's cool. But uh, yeah, like just even the clocks that have like the multi-thinned thing that where they they're just ticking back and forth and they're fanning themselves. It's just mm. so so cool to watch. Yeah,
2: and honestly, I laugh because. I call I say there's two different types of woodworkers there's uh the mechanical engineer woodworker and there's <laughs> the uh I like to do it DIY woodworker and so it's kind of this it's i'm on the i will figure it out whatever it takes i mean if you watch my page i do some random stuff but the tolerances that i'm working with are not machinist level tolerances uh-huh <laughs>
3: uh-huh yep.
2: even though I, even though i'm precise i'm not that precise and i don't find joy in that but these people do and i think that's yep. how that kinetic sculpture works but that's not how I'm wired, so I don't know. Yep, <laughs> yep. The the
3: uh, the number of dentists that are woodworkers as a hobby, oh, yeah. you know, they're good. Yeah. At yeah. those those precise details, <laughs> the engineers, they're good. You know, like. Yeah. And and yeah, there's somewhere in between. We're we can all exist in the same community, but yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some separations in certain areas there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, all I know is I was at the museum a, uh, a few months back, and you know all natural history museums have the pendulum that swings back and forth and knocks mm-hmm. over the little wooden thing. Yeah, I kept yeah, looking at that one went, that. you know, I'd really like to have one of those. I said the same thing <laughs>
1: yeah, last time I was at a museum.
0: Yep. There's I just, just
1: want to be the guy that pulls it back in the morning and lets it go.
3: You know? Yep. There's, there's a place in, in Ohio that's called co-science, the, you know something i know so, that's
0: not the type of kinetic yeah. sculpture you're talking about yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. but no. no
3: no no like i was like 12 <laughs> and i saw that and i was like that is so cool yeah like it's just a thing and it, it, it's a sundial but it's indoors it does a thing and it's it's uh, you know it's doing that's <laughs> so cool but yeah it's yeah. different kind of kinetic but yeah it's it's mm-hmm. um getting getting hold of if you get a hold of physics in furniture that's a melding yeah. of two very different worlds and it, mm-hmm. and it takes the precision to do it. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Anyway, so next question, what it has been your biggest stumbling block? Now you've started businesses yeah. or you tried to buy yeah. a business and you then yeah. started a business. I mean, there's a lot going on there. So what you got?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, those things are obviously stumbling blocks. Um, there's, I mean, so many, um, but the thing that I would say the most for me specifically right now is time. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, yeah, I, I'm getting to the level of detail and precision and the amount that I care that something is right. All of those things are increasing, that, which means my work amount is decreasing how much I can build, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also taking more time of the timeline. So that finding that balance of what's good enough in a business that I'm able to produce really good stuff, but not so detailed and so perfect that I can only do five pieces a year um, Mm -hmm. and all of the challenges that that would be. Um, So I would definitely say it's related to time and that balance of the detail level, the skill level, the perfectionism, all of those things balancing with how long and how much available time I actually have to build.
3: Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, my my dad was, in, you know, he's retired now, but he was an electrician at his time, but he took a, like a cabinet making class at, at some point and he was freely said, He's like, I love this, but I would never be successful <laughs> because my attention to detail and the time it would take it's just like yeah, time is huge. Yeah. In in that kind of thing. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we, that we, honestly. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was just saying, you know, as a professional woodworker, I would probably starve to death, but I would be sitting in the <laughs> nice nicest chair while that happens. Yeah.
2: It just yep.
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not built for speed. Some people are. I am not. So that's definitely a uh, unique and not a unique problem I think amongst woodworkers.
3: No, yeah, no, and and I <laughs> I think the time that you you ch- you choose to be professional at it if it is your source of income, you find ways to find speed. Mm-hmm.
2: You you and definitely you do. find
3: yeah, and you find exceptions maybe that you're not 100% happy with, but the customer is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing and like we all know that if we whatever we do we will find all the flaws. Definitely. But the onlooker doesn't necessarily. Yeah. And that's important to find.
2: Yeah. I, I've i learned, that I've, I've had some people that help me in the shop that I pay on a project basis. And he's just a retired guy that's woodworking, very capable woodworker. And he has told me time and time again, I just can't believe how efficient you are or how and it's it's things that i do that i don't even think about but it's because i've had the time in the saddle i've been out i've been doing it so much and i have to constantly move or figure out a way to do it efficiently it's like or the simple task of like what's the easiest solution here i can build this crazy jig or i could do this by clamping Mm -hmm a board here and that mm. works it works pretty good. It's not machinist level, like I said, but it's it's good enough and it's still very precise. Um and it I mean it's still high quality, but those things, those efficiencies add up to where somebody comes in that is a good woodworker and they come into your shop and they're like, Man, this is crazy. You work so fast and and I'm and I still feel like I'm slow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you should come to my shop and see what flow actually is yes there you go all right
1: so wes our last question here uh question number five how has the internet influenced
2: your work i think it's totally a wild uh, thing of resource that we have it's so massive and you can get so deep into any in every type of woodworking that you can find (laughs) and so it's an advantage and a disadvantage so you can find really good information and really bad information um and so what i've learned over time is finding good accurate resources to trust um and one of the ones that stuck out to me when i was looking at this question is there's a video series on the center for furniture craftsmanship uh, I think it's Tim Rizzo does some basics in woodworking, and they're so detailed and so good that I still refer to them in different things. But it's because he's a trusted source. It's coming from a school. It's not some YouTuber that thinks they know how to do it the first time mm-hmm. they've done it. Uh, <laughs> even and those can be helpful because they are figuring it out on tape. But on the same hand, it's like an expert is still an expert. Somebody that does this. And the sharing is a valuable resource and you can find those, which is pretty wild. Um, the typical story that I hear in my age range is I learned it on YouTube. Well, that's my story. I learned it on YouTube. I am a YouTube university graduate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would love to go to an in-person school. Uh, that time has kind of come and gone, but I still find really detailed instruction on youtube you just have to find the right person or the right resource online and it totally can be done yeah i agree yeah
1: yeah yeah there, i mean there is some fantastic uh folks out there both men and women in the woodworking world that give you great oh, yeah. advice and there's some people that you know it usually come up on like suggested things after that you watch a video and you're like oh my god <laughs> you know what? please 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 don't anybody ever listen to this it,
2: yeah it,
1: and you can tell sometimes they they were given maybe a sponsorship to something and they're trying to force yeah. it into a project yeah it just that's that's definitely that the dark side of yeah youtube woodworking
2: that and then there's uh i wanted to do a whole series on you <laughs> there's literally five ways to do this in Mm -hmm. a shop based on what tool you have and it still accomplishes the same thing it's Mm -hmm. totally different but it still accomplishes the same thing so that's kind of what one of the fun things about woodworking is it's there's not a right answer uh i mean there's principles that are right or wrong but there's the way that you do it is not a hundred percent a
3: right answer sure i i think that's there there that's been the problem of content creators especially you know of showing up a procedure or a, a path or whatever. And there are definitely six ways to skin this cat. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you have. And, and there are some that have, have gone to lengths to explain away that this is not the only way. And there's other mm-hmm. ways of doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's tedious and I get it, you know, but it, the understanding, you know, with all that information, good and bad, you need to kind of like find the one that fits you and makes sense in a safe way that accomplishes mm-hmm. the task you're looking for i mean it's all out there
0: yep 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 i totally agree there's there's so many different ways to do this and uh so many different ways to do it correctly and so many ways to do it incorrectly
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or or flat out dangerously or, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah exactly
0: sure. or, but, or, but or i like, think you're like, exactly right get those resources get the folks you trust i mean yeah. you're, you're talking tim rousseau you're talking you know, all the stuff that comes out of fine woodworking, Mark's Spagnolo, mm-hmm. all those yeah. kind of yeah. things. They yeah. they're gonna show you the right way to do things.
3: But, but I mean, yeah. I'm like and on a person on uh, not personal level, on a on a experience level, I'm AutoCAD, not SketchUp. I've tried SketchUp, I hate uh-huh. it. Uh-huh.
2: You know? uh-huh. But it's
3: because I I learned Autodesk, you know, yep. and I'm um, so I'm I'm an AutoCAD through and through guy, all the way through all their design softwares. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of them. And and it's just like there's certain things that like I I flat out won't listen to those that are not talking about that because it just doesn't ring my ear. Like it just doesn't make sense. And it may, and it's fine. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on anybody. It works for you or it works for somebody else. It's going to work for somebody. Mm -hmm. Let it be
0: mm-hmm
3: exactly
0: well with that uh where can folks find you on the interwebs james all yeah, right so, see i did yeah, it i yeah. said james i ah. did it i did it i didn't do west so i'm looking at the thing it says james wesley you know like, james so west where can folks find you on the interwebs
2: i am on a lot of uh places online james wesley furniture on instagram youtube facebook or
0: james Fantastic. Brian, what about yourself?
2: Uh, As always, Instagram
1: is the place for me. Uh, It's just simply Opst Woodworks, and Opst is just O-B-S-T. Kyle, how about you?
0: Uh, You can always find me on Instagram at Barton.Kyle or BB Custom Tools, BBCustomTools.com, or on YouTube under BB Custom Tools and Kyle Barton. Sean, what about yourself?
3: Uh, Per usual, you can find me at SeanW78 on
0: most social media. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.